there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in journalism, or maybe you prefer to go into the field of communications and you're wondering about how to break into these industries, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is not only a former award-winning journalist, but he's also the CEO of the Communications Network, which is all about helping organizations take their communications to the next level. But before I introduce you to Sean Givens, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly newsletter that we blast out bright and early Monday mornings to give you the lowdown on all the episodes we're going to be dropping that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and the sign-up box is right on the homepage. Now, my inquisitive Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And joining me around the virtual coffee table is Sean Gibbons, the CEO of the Communications Network, which supports foundations and nonprofits to improve lives through the power of smart communications. Prior to joining the Communications Network, Sean was Vice President for Communications and Senior Fellow at Third Way, a public policy think tank in Washington, D.C. Previously, he'd served as the Director of Media Strategy at the Center for American Progress, also known as CAP, where Sean created an innovative online video department and many of its social media platforms. And before Sean's career in public policy, he was an award-winning producer at CNN, where, among many roles, he served as the Washington producer for Newsnight with Aaron Brown, American Morning, and Anderson Cooper 360. Sean, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am caffeinated, hydrated, and ready to go. And it's nice to hear your voice, Andrea. Oh, likewise. We had so much fun during our time together at CNN. And actually, I'm so used to this setup because I always had your voice in my ear. That's right. Yeah, this feels kind of familiar, even though the technology has changed an awful lot. You have been a tremendous example and mentor to me. So I'm just incredibly grateful to get to spend a few minutes with you and, and everybody out there listening. Oh, my goodness. Well, I could say the same thing about you, Sean. So I am thrilled to have this opportunity to showcase you and your experience and expertise. So let's dive right into the espresso shots with the first question. What entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into the field of communications? Wow. Well, I think there are lots of opportunities out there. Every organization, particularly in the field that I work in, which is in the foundation and nonprofit space, is fundamentally in the ideas business. And so getting those ideas out into the wider world is a communications task. And so communications departments are expanding in the social sector, or at least they're starting to. There's starting to be a recognition that great communications teams are strategy teams. So we're seeing a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity there. And I think in terms of places where people could put their focus, it would be things like there's increasingly an understanding that data and science and rigor are incredibly useful for people doing communications work. It's no longer the jobs for people who simply have an English major and write nicely. 
There's a lot of discipline behind that work now. So people who have a background in data and research are very much in demand. Also people who are using digital tools. Our field is dominated by people like me who aren't digital natives. And so we're looking for young folks who have deep knowledge and passion for finding ways to connect people to information and ideas that really resonate. And it's not that old folks can't learn that stuff, but there does seem to be an aptitude among young people that surpasses folks like me and others around me. So by that, do you mean social media or are you also referring to other avenues that young people use to communicate? Yeah, I guess when I think social media, I try to be very, very expansive. So it could be things like the Facebooks and Instagrams and Twitters that we're all familiar with. But it could also be things like email or website and design tools for engagement. Maybe that's the best way to think about that. And frankly, a lot of that now exists in the digital realm. So I think digital strategists, people who have a deep understanding of the tools and technologies, not only that are around right today, but things that are coming around the corner are going to be in good stead. And Sean, for those entry-level jobs, what are the titles that young people should be on the lookout for? We have a job board and frequently what we see things are communications assistant or associate. And if you're looking at firms, sometimes they'll have junior associate position, things of that nature. Typically, the tell is if it's a junior level position or an entry type level position is in the amount of experience that people are looking for or requires. It's usually if you're less than three to five years, that's a good indication you've got the right spot. One challenge in our field, at least, that people have their titles vary so very, very widely yes. from organization to organization. Yes, absolutely. So, Sean, what is a useful skill or skills that you have looked for in the young people that you've hired? I'll tell you something, Andrea. We have the luxury now of starting to hire people with particular skills, but generally my disposition is as a manager who's hiring or leading an organization is I'd rather buy talent than skill. Skill can be taught, and I am constantly amazed. I work with a bunch of young people, show them a task they don't know how to do, and give them five minutes, they'll be on YouTube, and suddenly they're doing it. So I guess the single biggest skill I'm looking for is curiosity and aptitude to learn, and maybe then sort of disposition to be a doer. So that's not necessarily a specific skill, but the ability to pitch in and do whatever is required and the ability to adapt and learn. Fantastic. What about someone's major, and you've already alluded to the fact that this new world of communications really requires or is open to people who are more than English majors. Do you see a major as being helpful if they've studied whatever it is, fill in the blank? Is there a deal breaker if somebody wants to move into communications if they've studied something other than the liberal arts? The thing that's interesting to me is I have the luxury of meeting and getting to know lots of folks who do communications work across the social sector. And the paths to different jobs have been so varied. I know a lot of folks, strangely enough, that have law degrees that do this work. But in terms of coming out of college, particular school, I suppose most people might think, well, if I have a degree in communications, I'm well set up for a career in communications. And that may be true, but I'll be honest with you, I would probably be a little bit more hesitant to somebody who has strict communications background, even though they probably have quite a bit of like good academic knowledge and some understanding of some of the research that's out there. I'm probably more interested at speaking for myself, and I hope many of my colleagues, someone who's got a more well-rounded life experience. So I'm probably more interested in people who've had a chance to travel and see the world. Communications is ultimately about relationships. And so people who have studied history or have studied literature or English majors, 
even heck, people who have a biology degree, I think, can qualify to do this work if they have the interest in learning and the discipline to know this is a field that requires lifelong learning. Great. What about a graduate school degree? And that is less so for an entry-level position and more so for somebody who wants to work their way up to the top of the totem pole as you have, whether it was at the Center for American Progress or where you are now at the Communications Network. There are a number of folks who do have uh, grad degrees, and those degrees vary widely. So there are people who get degrees in the social sciences. So in psychology, there's been a tremendous amount of advancement in understanding cognition and how people receive and interpret information. I think that's tremendously helpful. The last math class I took, I think, was in the 11th grade. (laughs) So I am constantly learning about running a business and finance and all of that. I think specific grad degree, I suppose, again, I'm not super familiar with what some of the communications programs are out there. I would imagine that that might be helpful, but I have to believe that actually the the single most skilled folks are the folks who've got deep experience. I would probably err on the side of hiring somebody who has three extra years of working experience over someone who spent those years in a book. Uh, That's just my disposition. Absolutely. So, Sean, you have already alluded to some kinds of life experiences that would be useful for someone starting out in the communications field. You mentioned travel. Are there any other life experiences that you think would give someone an edge? Yeah, I hope that somebody that's culturally curious, and by that I mean if you're the kind of person who likes to read, I'm an avid reader. So if you like to read, and if you're listening to this, you like podcasts, you're curious, you, you see yourself as an explorer, even if sometimes you don't even leave your chair, exploring film, music, the arts, and other cultural places, museums, I think that that basic curiosity sets you up to try to find ways to connect with others and have a curiosity about how the world works. I think if you have that kind of disposition, you're probably going to do well with this work. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned the arts because so much of being an effective communicator is about telling a compelling story. Mm -hmm. And when you're watching good theater, whether it's community theater or something at a higher level or really wonderful movies or documentaries, they're storytellers. So Sean, what is the best part for you of being in the communications field? I get to work alongside and and get to know and on my best days, maybe even help people working at some of the most extraordinary organizations on the planet. I get to work with people who roll out of bed every day and their job is to make the world a better place. And they do that by connecting the world through communications, sharing good news and stories that compel people to do good. That's incredibly gratifying and really rewarding. And as the father of two young daughters, it's nice to be able to go home at the end of the day and know that I hopefully did no harm and maybe even did a little bit of good. Oh my gosh, that is so inspiring. Now, we know that every job has its flip side. So what about your current job, Sean, would you say sucks the most? (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, when you're running an organization, everything's a pleasure on some level. There's an old proverb of sorts that's been attributed to an Israeli general whose name has now forgotten to me. But the challenge with running an organization is what this Israeli general said. They asked him, what's your biggest challenge? And he said, when you look up, you see me. When I look up, I see the sky. And so I suppose by the time a decision comes to my desk, it's probably pretty serious. I probably don't have a lot of room for error. 
And those decisions can range in the course of the day from what color should this thing be to how we put together a good proposal to earn a grant or whatever it may be. So there's a lot of variety, which is both exciting, but also makes you feel sometimes a little bit schizophrenic. (laughs) And I wouldn't say that sucks. It's just, it can be a little exhausting. That's the price of leadership. Absolutely. So Sean, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Oh boy. I can think of two things. So three, one was shut up and learn. You'll learn more when you're not talking. (laughs) Was that from a parent? That was from a parent. Yeah. The other one from a parent was there was the old KISS acronym, which is keep it simple, stupid. Whenever you see too much complexity, try to find a way out of it. There's usually simplicity if you look for it. That's always, I think, really helpful. And then I think probably the most useful piece of advice I've gotten is ask questions. You learn more when you you ask questions. And I learned that from Elmo. Asking questions is a great way of finding things out. That is fantastic. Yet another reason Sesame Street is so wonderful. There you go. So (laughs) two final espresso shots, Sean. The second to last. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or for that matter, you said you're a big reader, books accurately depict this profession? Wow, that actually depict communications work. Um, I mean, communications work shows up in lots of different things. So if you're thinking about like politics, you could probably watch any number of different documentaries, The War Room, I guess, from the dating myself a little bit back from the Clinton era, or maybe there's the more recent documentary about Barack Obama's final year in office that I think could be somewhat instructive. I think watching the news is actually quite helpful. Think about communications because almost certainly anytime something shows up in a headline or uh, blazing across a screen, it probably didn't start there. (laughs) The one thing I think I've learned about communications is there's usually some intent and deliberation behind almost every piece of information that appears in front of you. And so you can learn from that. Trying to think if there's a book or a movie in particular that I would recommend. I, oh goodness, I wish I could. I wish I could come up with just one. I was wondering, what was that movie called that was about the founding of Facebook? Oh, The Social Network. Yeah. I've seen that a few times. That is definitely a fun movie and you can learn a lot from it. You know what I watch a lot, actually, that I'm very curious about? It's not really a movie, but I watch a lot of TED Talks. And I tend not to watch TED Talks about communications, believe it or not. I tend to be curious and watch other things. I tend to watch a lot of TED Talks around behavioral science, which to me is just a great way to learn about how people take in information and make meaning out of it, which is ultimately what communications is about. Absolutely. And the way that they have to do it in like 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. really, as you said earlier in the interview, you're making sure that only the most important facts are being presented and in a very compelling way that will resonate with your audience. Final espresso shot, Sean. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about this field? At least in the social sector where I work, so with the foundation and nonprofit space, I feel like in many ways it's still very much in its infancy. There is so much that is being learned about how to do this work effectively. And some of that we're learning, frankly, from folks over on Madison Avenue uh, or in the for-profit space. But there is an increasing understanding and interest in the foundation and nonprofit world in taking the ideas that animate their missions 
and really bringing them out to a wider audience. So I guess for a lot of people, you would look at some of these organizations that have just extraordinary reputations and brand recognition. And in many cases are the places that you're maybe donating a couple of bucks and recognizing that there's a real growth opportunity in the comm space within these organizations. And they need you. They need good folks working in these spaces and dedicating themselves to this. Oh, that is wonderful. Sean, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. It was so wonderful to get the opportunity to distill some of this great knowledge of yours to share with so many of our young listeners. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. This is a privilege and an honor. Hopefully something out there was useful to you all. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.